Welcome to Understanding Buddhism in America. For this podcast, I wanted to talk about our concept of time. There's an interesting hypothesis in the scientific community right now that the entire universe may, in fact, exist on a two-dimensional plane. The reason why we see it as three dimensions, according to this idea, is because the universe itself may exist much like a hologram. Scientists today are searching outer space for pixelations and imperfections, much like an image or a photo to try and prove this theory. Now, whether it really is three dimensions or two really won't make that much of a difference in our lives, but it may slightly change our view of reality. There's a similar view in Buddhism about time. Much like space, we view time in three dimensions. We view it in the past, in the present, and in the future. The Buddhist theory is that time only exists in one dimension. The past, present, and future all exist together at the very same time. There is merit to this theory because the concepts of time are all man-made. If I asked when is the past, you might reply last year, last month, last night, or a millisecond ago. Similarly, if I asked when is the future, we'd all have different answers as well. You might say tomorrow, next year. A millisecond from now. But there's something different about the present, isn't there? The present is always right now. No matter how much the past or the future may try to creep into it, the present itself exists always in the now. Our goal should really be to live in the now, shouldn't it? We love to spend time dreaming of the future, enjoying every path we could possibly take in our lifetimes. And likewise, we also seem to enjoy living in the past, as if it somehow affirms that the decisions we've already made were the best ones. The theory that the past, present, and future exist collapsed onto each other is meant to help bring us back to the now. If we're off dreaming of the future, there's no telling how much of right now we're missing. Considering right now is what makes up our entire lives, we really don't want to miss out on it. Dreaming of the future often doesn't do much good in the long run anyway. When the future arrives, it usually is much different than what we expected, and our plans of perfection are swiftly swept away by the broom of reality. Also, when we view people, our expectations are a little bit different if we've been living in the past or the future. We tend to expect people to follow our expectations of them, from what we know of them, from their history from what their goals are, from what their dreams are. An interesting Buddhist theory I came across is that we should approach every person we meet, whether we know them or not, as if we had never met them before. Now, you don't have to take this too literally. You don't have to shake your best friend's hand and ask them what their name is. But it's a helpful tool to remember that every person is capable of anything. It helps keep us from being blinded by our expectations. 
And then we're not so disappointed when people let us down. And we find ourselves pleasantly surprised when people live up to our expectations. Getting lost in the past can be just as harmful as getting lost in the future. While living in the future can make us delusional about the way things may happen, living in the past can make us delusional over the way things already did happen. I've known plenty of people, including myself, who so strongly dislike the ways events unfolded in the past that they relive it in their minds over and over again, changing tiny detail after tiny detail until the picture that's left seems acceptable to them and an almost complete fabrication to everyone else. We all do this, and we do it because we hate making mistakes. So when they're inevitably made, we distance ourselves from them in any way we can. Which eventually means mentally changing the events themselves into something that we deem justifiable. But this is just as delusional as dreaming of the perfect future. Both ways of living in different times create the unrealistic desire for life to work out just the way we envision it should rather than enjoying it for the miracle that it already is. So how do we live in the present? First of all, we kind of need to change our perception of time. What is time? We all see time a little differently. After all, as Einstein would say, time is relative. If I'm having fun and enjoying myself, I might say that time flies. If I happen to be having a bad day or maybe traveling at an incredibly fast speed, I might say that time drags on and on. I know I usually see time as a commodity or an asset. I'm always trying to save it for another moment or spend it as wisely as I can. But no matter how I view my use of it, time's always passing me by. Sometimes I feel like I have way too much of it on my hands and Other times I feel like I don't have nearly enough to get everything done. Sometimes I want as much of it as I can gather to finish an assignment or project that I deem very time-consuming. Other times I could have a whole week to finish a project and spend all of my time procrastinating until the last second. But the reality of time is much different than my perspective, isn't it? I'm too close to the picture to realize what exactly the subject is. No matter how much we try and save time, we still spend it all. We can shuffle our schedules all we like, but in the end, we've simply spent more of our time shuffling our schedules. No matter how much or how little time we feel we have, we can always find enough to use it. We certainly will get done everything that absolutely needs getting done because that's just life. So as stressed as we can get at all the things that need doing in the short amounts of time we're given to do them, we often fail to look back and realize that we've been in these kinds of situations since we were born. And through our own efforts, we've gotten everything done that needed doing up until this point. There's nothing stopping us from continuing our success except maybe our stress over our fear of failure. But there's no basis for this fear, because we wouldn't be where we are today if we weren't somehow successful with our time in the past. We're actually the perfect people for the job if you think about it. 
No matter how much it feels like time is passing us by, it's always in every moment. No matter where you are or what you're doing, time exists in every moment. There's no need to fear running out of it because we are given it in every second of the day. Time is the one thing every one of us has in common always. I don't even think the great equalizer in life is death. I think it's time. We've all lived in it, we've all shared it, and everything we've ever needed or ever will need exists within it. It's the one thing we're all sharing right now, together. So time can be viewed as unifying to the entire earth, as even love, compassion, and faith is. Now that we understand time is just a concept and not really a commodity or an asset, we don't need to feel restrained by it. Time exists for us to enjoy. It's a concept designed to make life easier. If there was no time, we wouldn't have any idea how to pay or get paid for work or charge people for a crime. So time isn't evil or anything, but we forget that time was constructed for the convenience of us rather than the other way around. Time is ours to enjoy any way we want. We can live in the past if we choose or live in the future, but the way to really enjoy time is to not miss a second of it. When we're children, this comes pretty naturally. We often were so caught up enjoying time that everything else just blended into the background. Of course, we were almost always snapped out of it by our parents because we were enjoying our time just a little bit too loudly. But it's that very enjoyment, that immersion into life, that most of us are missing today. We can bring out all of our old toys and books, we can sit with all of our oldest friends and family, but nothing seems to quite bring us back to that childlike joy we found by simply living in the moment, the present, and the now. I have a feeling this is why so many people turn to harmful substances for relief. We're driven to find this easy joy, this simple contentment. If only we could just relax, or buy something new, or hear a really good song, or maybe find some cool new friends, or just find some activity to get caught up in. The answer is much simpler than all these things. When we're looking for contentment, we'll always find it in the last place we look which is in ourselves. Contentment can't come from an outside source, because nothing in the outside world is designed to satisfy us forever. Food is eaten or it rots. Movies get boring after too many views. The television mostly plays reruns. Video games become too easy after we beat them or too frustrating after we don't. Friends move away. Loved ones die. And there are infinite more examples in our lives of how nothing can satisfy us forever. So, how do we find a lasting contentment? We look in the only place left to look. Within. But in our stressed out lives, how in the world are we supposed to summon or conjure up this contentment? By living in the now. When we immerse ourselves in the present, in the moment, 
We don't usually even consider our contentment. Because we're already there, whether we recognize it or not. The easiest way to stay in the moment is to focus on your breathing. We can mentally say the words in and out as we breathe to quiet our minds. This is how people meditate. Or, audibly, we can listen to our own breaths or our own footsteps. We can physically feel our bodies move up and down as we breathe. Whenever we find ourselves living anywhere else but the now, these are the surefire ways to bring us back to the present. Now you might be saying, well, that sounds nice, but it also sounds pretty boring and it doesn't really sound like that much fun. At this point, we need to ask ourselves what we're really searching for. We've tried chasing fun and exciting things, but essentially that's proven to be about as useful as cats chasing their tails. Contentment isn't supposed to be fun or exciting, though it can be. It's just supposed to be content. When we learn to relax our searching minds, we find that we have everything we'll ever need. And it's been inside of us all along. Thank you for listening to Understanding Buddhism in America. This is a weekly podcast, so I hope you subscribe and tell your friends. And next week I'll be covering the Buddhist concept of enlightenment.